Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. is a player profiler faithful it's Matty Kiwoom and welcome to episode 28 of the game plan get ready for a magical show I have not one but two very incredibly special guests joining me and we are talking a little best ball strategy I am just way too excited for this episode so let's not waste another second it is time to get down to business so gang Take out your pen and pads and let's start game planning to win our best ball drafts. Planners, whoo, my guests for episode 28 are two awesome analysts and some of my favorite guys in the industry. They are members of the Destination Devi crew and they are the co-hosts of the Off the Line Fantasy Podcast. That's right, I'm talking about Ike and Gene. What up, guys? How's it going? Hey, what's going on? What's happening? What's happening? What's happening? Oh, super pumped to have you guys on. I'm excited to talk a little bit of best ball here. I got to admit, I'm, I'm a tad green with best ball. I kind of do it to just pass the time in the offseason, but I want to get more serious. I want to get in the weeds and I want to win. I want to get some cash. I want to go to the expo next year and have some cash on me. So let's talk a little best <laughs> ball strategies, right? Of course. You got to have that money on it. Got to do it. <laughs> yeah. But before we get into it, we got two we got two segments as we usually do here on the game plan. But before we do, I got a little bit of surprise questions for both of you. So how long have you been playing fantasy football? And go ahead and describe your fantasy management style. Go ahead, you go first, I. Uh, so I've been playing fantasy since uh, I think 2007, 2007 I believe, and I only remember the year because I had a draft on NFL.com where I, I had drafted. Vincent Jackson over Randy Moss. <laughs> the year he went to the Pats? The year he went to the Pats and the year that he went off and had broke the NFL record for, for receiving touchdowns. So I only remember that year pretty vividly. Yes. Uh, so that, that was my first, uh, you know, trial by fire <laughs> experience in fantasy football. <laughs> um, but my, my, fantasy, my fantasy management style is, I mean, I, I, I like to, I like to, it just kind of depends on the year, right? I mean, it just kind of depends on how the previous year went. And if, you know, Mm -hmm. running backs are getting pushed up the board, then you kind of, you kind of zag. And then if wide receivers are getting pushed up the board, then you kind of zag. So it just kind of depends. Um, But I I like, I like to have a lot of, you know, wide receiver heavy teams mostly, especially in the Mm. draft. 
So yeah, that's, that's usually my 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 biggest. Uh, I, I think that's the biggest takeaway for me. And honestly, it's kind of been a through line here with a lot of the guests. It's being fluid in your in your style. Like the best fantasy gamers aren't rigid to one type of fantasy ideology, nothing like that. But I do love the wide receivers. Me and my buddies, for whatever reason, we used to call them the dragons. You got to have your dragons to take down the village in fantasy. What about you, Gene? How are you? How long have you been playing fantasy? And kind of tell us about your fantasy style. Um, I think I've been I've been playing since in college probably 2007 2008 somewhere around there mm-hmm. i remember my first draft i had lt it was the year after he uh went berserk i believe <laughs> and i was mad because i remember um the person that had on he i mean he he just won like he just it was a cheat code it just didn't make any sense and then that's <laughs> when <laughs> so um but my style is i mean kind of the same as ike's i mean i'm i'm a, a wide receiver guy through and through but um, like you said I know Mike and Adam when they came on just other people you do got to be fluid whenever you're drafting because yeah. I mean when you're drafting against randoms it, I mean it's always something I mean when you're drafting against your you know people in your home leagues you're, you're a little more prepared you know how to navigate those but when you're in these random random rooms trying to trying to uh, build a best ball team you definitely got to be fluid in in uh, your strategy and building a, a roster that you like yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. You know, you got to be fluid in best ball. Got to adapt. Got to adapt when necessary. And plus, you know, Gene made a good point. Knowing you, knowing your league mates, knowing their tendencies, mm. knowing how, you know, maybe they value names over production. You, you can definitely exploit that those weaknesses um, in your leagues. And we, yeah. we do it every year. You know, Gene and I, we're, we're always pretty much at the top of the, some of the leagues that we're in together. Um, I usually beat him more than he beats me, but. Uh, <laughs> <you know. laughs> oh, man. So, you know what? We we might be half a country apart, but we share something in common. We both took down Gene in fantasy leagues. I took him down in the oh, Expo. Oh, my gosh. That dynasty oh, league you did. I forgot no. you did win that. You did beat me in the finals, man. You, Damn. You hate, you hate to see it. You absolutely yeah. hate to see it. For real. If you're Gene. But you love to see it if you're us, right? Yeah, if yeah. you're taking him down, we want to be on top. <laughs> I didn't think you were going to bring that one up. I wasn't going to. I was, we're talking best ball here. That's a dynasty league, so I wasn't going to. But when Ike throws up the alley, you know, I'm, I'm going to throw it down. I have to. I have to. Fair yeah. enough. Fair enough. Like that D-Way LeBron picture. Oh, man. We have, we have to recreate that now at the expo. Yeah. Now I think about, okay, so yeah. it's something to tally down. Let's go. Okay, yes. I like that. Oh, so we are man. here to talk best ball strategy, and I am so excited to have you guys on because you're starting. You're very good at in-season analysis. I love listening to off-the-line fantasy when you're in-season because you guys are absolutely sharp. But now you're kind of evolving into the, the full-fledged, full-season all year long, and you're adapting a whole bunch of best ball strategies. So I'm super excited to have you come on and tell all of our listeners kind of your best practice in ways they can you know take these put them in their tool bag and put together some good teams in these best ball leagues and maybe take home a little bit of coin but before we get uh really into the the weeds of the strategies i want to ask you guys like what's your best ball experience and like how'd you do last year go ahead go ahead gene uh so last year um you know i think last year playing a little more underdog best ball i think that's probably my second well, actually, my third because I I did play on on DraftKings, but I just like the experience a little bit more on Underdog. But uh, last year, I probably I probably played I probably put in like 20, 25 teams. Um, let it be like the puppy or yeah. you know the you know the very big big one that they do at uh, for like the I think it was half a million dollars. I think this time mm-hmm. uh, I know this year is going to be a million uh, uh, total in prizes, but. I know one thing I learned uh, putting in those teams is that 
I wasn't as fluid. You know, you, you learn year to year. Yeah. I think I was kind of rigid in terms of my my team build because I was drafting a lot of early running backs and, uh, you know, doing a lot of deep diving. And if you're in the, you know, Destination Debbie Patreon, uh, that's patreon.com uh, com forward slash all gas. Uh, <laughs> I had to plug that in real quick. There it is. We got yeah, a lot of sharp pe- We got a lot of sharp per- people in there and they, they like building spreadsheets or whatnot. And, uh, you know, came in, came away with a lot of like different things. If you're in there, then you'll see some of the matrices that uh, Dynasty Berry's in there. And one of the things is that that I learned is that last year, a lot of the teams that advanced, they didn't have wide receivers falling in their flex. It was actually running backs and they were producing a, a more, you know, higher clip in terms of points per game than than your 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 wide receiver or your tight end. So that again goes back to you know being a, a lot more flexible when you're in your builds and understanding how you know the scoring works, especially mm. underdog, which is half point PPR. I know a lot of people we get caught up in getting a bunch of wide receivers, this and that, but those running backs, you know, held you down if you had um uh, some good ones or a lot of ones that that came in and and you know performed really good very right. late in the season. I know Ike he'll get to his story and he'll tell you that some of these running backs, the unexpected running backs, you know, showed up and showed out for him when, uh, at the at the end of the season for him. So that's, that was my experience with best ball uh, with underdog. I like it a lot. I know I'm going to be going in more. Uh, uh, as we continue the conversation, we can talk about some other things that, you know, that for sure. you might want to implement when, when you're playing in, uh, this year. So we were talking before the show, Ike, you got a nice little uh, story from last year's best ball. So why don't you go ahead and tell the listeners how well you did last year? Yeah, um, and honestly, like I hadn't been been playing best ball for for that long, maybe like a couple years, two or three years, uh, you know, just kind of dabbling here and there. But like last year was like the first year that I kind of, you know, took it serious mm-hmm. a lot more. My first draft was, I think, June 1st, June 8th, something along those lines. Like it was it was relatively late compared to where I'm drafting now. But right. um, I was I was relatively green um, in best ball. So I, I think I put in about um you know 30 30 plus 33 teams 33 teams total you learn quickly yeah between uh between the puppy which is five dollars and which is uh and then between best ball mania which is 25 so Mm -hmm. i kind of mixed and matched um but i i did pretty well last year in best ball um i i placed seventh um in the puppy three so and that and that appreciate it pretty good that's pretty good play seventh. so i had um you know that that you know that particular tournament started with 293,000 people and then you know i you know i kept i kept winning and i kept winning each week um and i you know i was texting gene i was like man i'm i'm actually in the semifinals now and then damn i'm in the finals now <laughs> um, so uh but you know for for that particular team that team build was was pretty unique it was it was running back heavy mm-hmm. um but it was a basically a so so with the puppy it, it's eighteen roster spots versus best ball mania which is twenty roster spots so that's one thing to keep in mind with the smaller with the smaller contest they have a, you know smaller roster sizes mm-hmm. but um but with the puppy my build was three eight uh three eight five two so you know three quarterbacks eight running backs five wide receivers and two tight ends okay and um you know my my three quarterbacks were Jalen Hurts and we all know Jalen Hurts smashed uh Kirk Cousins. Pretty yeah, good. Yeah, he, pretty good. And then Tom Brady. And I'll get to Tom Brady here in a second and how he definitely uh <laughs> t- turned the corner when he needed to. 
Man. You guys know I'm a Pats fan, so you know I'll yep. always love me some Tom Brady. But, you know, I'm <laughs> yeah. super excited to have you on. And make sure you stick around. We got a little ad read here, but make sure you stick around because I have two of the best, and we are going to get into those best ball strategies. Hey, it's the Podfather. Now, in the offseason, I get into baseball, I get into basketball, and my preferred platform to play fantasy sports is Rival Fantasy because Rival Fantasy has challenges where you can just take a guy and say, hey, this guy's going to score more fantasy points than this guy. They put two shortstops together, pick one. Point guards, pick one. Spoiler alert, you should pick Damian Lillard. <laughs> or they have the Fantasy Book where you could pick over, under, over, under, over, under, and up to five guys, and then the more you pick, your potential payout quickly escalates. And finally, I submit a bingo card because you can just go over, under, over, under, over, under across the board, get your fantasy bingo card set, submit it. I'm not the biggest basketball or baseball expert, but I have a hell of a lot of fun playing fantasy sports on RivalFantasy.com. And the best part is with promo code PLAYER, they refund up to $50 of any losses. So the promo code there is PLAYER on RivalFantasy.com. Go have some fun. So go have some fun at RivalFantasy.com and use that promo code PLAYER. And you will get yourself a nice little bonus here. In the chat, my man Jason Online says that Tom Brady, the GOAT, was great for overall team morale. Obviously, you got to get the boys going in the locker room to have good performances on the field. But my next question for you, and we'll start with Gene, what are some different strategies to draft like a really good best ball squad? For me, um, right now, you know, drafting pre-NFL draft, uh, they have a couple of contests, $10, $5 contests. Uh, one thing I've been noticing as i've been drafting uh this early is i'm I'm tending i have a tendency of drafting tight ends late just because Mm -hmm. again when uh in the the the, uh the discord um in our underdog uh room some of the breakdowns one of the breakdowns was that uh you know when you look at the warp the wins over uh replacement for Mm -hmm. player once you get past Tight end one, tight end two, they're literally like scoring wise all the same when you go all the way down to tight end 20. So if I'm not getting Kelsey, I'm waiting to the very, I'm waiting to, you know, round 13, round 14, round 15. Mm-hmm. And I'm just stacking up like Juwan jo- uh, Johnson, you know, uh, Gerald Everett. You know, if you wait really late, you can get Hunter Henry. People are sleeping on him, in my opinion. Uh, so you can get Noah Fant, like a lot of these these uh, tight ends, you get three or four of them. And I mean, you're going to get spike weeks from somebody. You just, yeah. you're just playing a guessing right. game. I rather, I rather take my hits there than, you know, spending early uh, first round, your first five, six picks is one of them is Kelsey or you, second or third round. You're getting Andrews. I rather, you know, spend those on my high warp uh, wide receivers compared mm-hmm. to, you know, you know, getting a tight end uh, early. And then you're not liking your build once you, once you go through it, you're just like, oh, this is like right. disgusting. I missed out on the top wide receivers. I missed out on the top running backs, and I'm reaching for people like uh, Kristen Watson, who is a good best ball player, but I don't want to draft him in the fifth round as my second wide receiver. Like you're yeah, not you going to pocket and get that guy. Yeah, you don't want to reach don't, for him. Trust me, you're you're not going to like it when you're looking at him at wide receiver too. Like it's it's disgusting. So. <laughs> <laughs> And you bring the tight end position and rookies too. Waiting might be a good practice because there's like four or five guys that might be productive right away in 2023. So you know it's smart, absolutely. What like what are what are some of the practices that you like to uh, kind of deploy here to win in in best ball? 
Yeah, the, a couple things though. Um, you know what I've seen early on, just you know, wide receivers kind of dry up pretty quickly. Um, mm-hmm. so oh, I can, for sure. I, I this is the year that wide receivers are going to zip off the board. Yeah, yeah. first the first round, eight or nine wide receivers going off yep. the board. So every gotta, time, every time mm-hmm. you kind of got kind of kind of have to start with a top wide receiver to kind of anchor your team, and then look to stack him with a, a, a really good quarterback. So for instance, uh, I know Jalen Hurts and Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes are going pretty early. So if you get AJ Brown, let's say you know pick six, pick seven. Uh, my at least my strategy is to is to get Jalen Hurts uh, with my next pick because he's going to go pretty early. Um, mm-hmm. But if you but you know, it also it also depends on where your draft position is. If you're later in the draft, then you may have to you know pivot towards you know a Jonathan Taylor or a mm-hmm. Saquon Barkley to start your team, and then you know you know backdoor him with uh, you know a good you know a good wide receiver or whatever's left um, from that you know that wide receiver pool. But I like to stack you know good pass catchers uh, with good quarterbacks. Um, that's one thing that I usually have in mind, um, especially early on in, in drafts. And I just let the left, rest of the draft come to me. Right. Kind of stay in the pocket, stay fluid. We know we yeah. talked about that in your in your season-long strategies. But you can use that in best ball, right? Like yep. staying fluid is a good practice in best ball. You don't want to be too rigid. All of a sudden you come away like, man, I really had this, this strategy I put in place, but it looks like I was too strong with it. I was too kind of put in a box here. Uh, and it sounds like both of your preferred strategies is kind of attack the wide receivers early. Or, yeah, of- early, and then uh, and then another thing that I've noticed is you know once you do attack that early, there's going to be a lot of running, running back value later in drafts, yep. especially now since it's, since we're before the NFL draft, we're past the combine. You know, pro days are kind of going. Mm-hmm. Um, one, you know, one way to you know to get some value later in drafts is to target some of the rookie running backs before you get their landing spots. You mm-hmm. know, I've been looking at a lot of you know Sean Tucker, uh, you know, or or uh, Chase Brown or Ty J Spears, you know, or or Kendra Miller. Some of mm-hmm. those guys uh, to to kind of anchor the you know the remainder of my running back uh, running back builds. So look those those landing spots they may get pretty damn good draft capital, and you can definitely you know pair them with some of the some of the other running backs that you draft. And we'll we'll talk about some of those um, in a second that I'm targeting. Yeah, so smart to do that. So smart. Yeah. Gene, anything you want to add there? Yeah. So uh, like you said, if you're drafting probably one through six, you're probably taking a wide receiver first. You're probably mm-hmm. going to start your draft wide receiver wide receiver. And if you wait like between like round six through nine, I mean they're littered with with running backs that are like in that range where they're 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 in their second contract or you know running backs where last year they were getting drafted in the fourth or fifth round you didn't really feel good about drafting them, but now they're going through six through nine because of you know the the potential of these uh, incoming running backs and you know they're kind of older and people are just fading them. So people like Miles Sanders, J.K. Dobbins, um, uh, Cam Akers, DeAndre Swift. Uh, uh, David Montgomery, Aaron Jones. Mm. These are all guys that are littered within round six through nine. I rather, I rather wait on all and just gobble some of those in. You know, again, you you, you get trapped with you know taking a tight end first, and now you gotta you're you're now you're behind the eight ball in terms of you know building out the rest of your roster. I just rather I rather wait on some of these other guys and you know spend spend my early capital on some of these wide receivers. Yep. Every year is different, but I mean, let's think of back yeah. to 2022. Algier taken in the fifth round of the NFL draft, kind of left by the wayside. Isaiah yeah. Pacheco taken in the seventh round, kind of left by the wayside. If you have take, if you took both of those guys, they were going to smash for you at the end of the season because they came on strong at the end. So I like that idea of kind of peppering some some late rookies, waiting on the running backs. There's a whole bunch that have depressed value at this time of year. I don't know if that's going to be a consistent narrative 
each year, but right now it certainly is. So your David Montgomery's, DeAndre Swift's, those are the guys that I have been seeing a lot on my teams in best ball so far. Uh, did either of you guys ever play Clash of Clans a few years ago or even now? I did not. So you, are you familiar that with that game? <laughs> I am familiar. I remember you used to see those ads all the time. Yeah, yeah. So Clash of Clans is like you build up a village and you build up weaponry and you attack other villages, right? And one of the best ways to attack was getting these dragons. You could get a whole bunch of dragons and yeah. they would just run through towns. They would destroy the other village. And I have always looked at a, the high end wide receivers as getting my dragons. So if if you ever if you tune in this show, you maybe heard it before. But if I'm ever talking about my fleet of dragons, it's because I've got a whole bunch of wide receivers that are here to fuck shit up. So I, I like this strategy. It seems like that's the best way to go about it here, especially one QB. Attack wide receiver, get those dragons, and pick up some of the spaces. Stay in the pocket and, and get some value later on because if you're staying fluid, you will find those you know pockets of value throughout a draft. So uh, like, what, what are some of your thoughts on the best way to start a draft if the wide receivers are taking it? We've, we talked about attacking wide receiver, but let's say you're kind of you're, you've seen a run. You're at the back end of the draft. We kind of mentioned the Jonathan Taylor. Are you going running back, running back in this situation, or are you willing to reach in the second round to get that wide receiver to pair with a Taylor, Christian McCaffrey, something like that? No, I mean, look, I think in the first like the first couple of rounds, if some of those wide receivers are gone, I mean, you'll still have some decent value um, at running back. So mm-hmm. like Jonathan Taylor, Saquon Barkley. Um, some of those guys are are still are still on the board. I would I would probably start there. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's important not to panic, right? I think a mm. lot of people, whenever they have you know certain things not go their way, they panic, they reach, they you know they have like a you know a very questionable team build when it's all said and done, um, because they reached and they you know they chose like you know the person that was basically at the top of the ADP, right? They right. They, they just look at the rankings and say, okay, he has the highest ADP. I'm exactly. going to drop this guy. Mm-hmm. And there's really no rhyme or reason why you need to do it because it's it, it may not be your best uh, your best bet in that moment in time. So I think it, it's important not to panic, and I, I would probably just pivot towards you know the you know the best available running backs, especially if there's pretty good value there. Jonathan Taylor, I think he's going to be a, a guy that I target pretty frequently, mm-hmm. especially if the wide receivers are gone. Um, you know, towards you know towards the end of the uh, the back half of the first round or early second round. Right. And Gene, have you started any teams going maybe running back, running back, tight end, running back that you like the team build? Or are you like, I need my dragons at the top of the draft? No. So um, the last three drafts, I've been in the the 10th, 11th, 12th spot. And I've always preferred doing the running back, running back, because it's always Jonathan Taylor's always there. Saquon's Mm -hmm. always there. Bijan's always there. Austin Eckler's always there. So, I mean, I like that build. Compared to, you know, like going after like uh, Garrett Wilson and Amara, like I just it feels better starting off with those two monster running backs than those wide receivers, in my opinion. So pivoting is not uh, it's not a death. It's not a death sentence. You can no, pivot and no. still come away with a team build uh, that you like. We've talked about team building strategies that we like. Now let's talk about what we hate. What is the worst way to start a best ball team, in your opinion, Gene? Tied in in the first yeah. and second round, like I said, like. I, I I did it twice. I stacked it with Mahomes and Kelsey, and I did not like the rest of my mm. the rest of my team. I felt like I was behind the eight ball. I kept picking players. I was like, I like them, but I felt like I had to like kind of you know get them around too early because of right. because when it, those players weren't going to come back to me. Um, and plus, when you draft like a tight end first, I feel like you lose you lose your leverage in the other positions because you're playing catch up 
Mm. Like I said before, that warp after Kelsey and maybe Andrews is like a dramatic like drop, and it, they're all clumped the same. Like in terms of like percentage of you know points difference between each other, they're so close together that there's no point. There's no point for me to go draft T.J. Hawkinson in the fourth when I can spend that fourth round pick on a on a wide receiver like you know Chris Godwin or or you know Mike e- Evans or somebody else like that. So DJ Moore. Oh yeah, DJ, yeah, yeah, I, knew, <laughs> I knew it was coming. DJ Moore. No. Exactly. I rather I, I, I don't want to lose my leverage in these other positions uh if I'm going to you know, spend early on a tight end. Like it's, I, I just like the I'd like my build better when I when I draft tight end late than picking early. Yeah, I mean, imagine all the teams that drafted Andrews in the second round last year, and they were like, oh, look at these chumps. And then the first part of the season, you're like, oh, baby, this is it. All of a sudden, he falls off a cliff, and you're – you're you're fucked. You you don't really have the the wide receivers there that you could have had in the second round. Uh, anything you want to add there, Ike, in terms of what are your worst favorite starts to a, a best ball draft? Yeah, um, this is actually you know the worst. You know, I I agree with Gene. Starting with tight end is is not really advantageous. You're playing catch up, but also mm-hmm. towards the end of drafts, like you know, and basically ending ending your roster with like four tight ends uh, or four quarterbacks because um, you lose out on a lot of value, especially late. Mm. Um, you know, you can lose out on a guy like Jarek McKinnon that, you know, mm. basically saved a lot of fantasy seasons last year. He, you know, he turned up, he had like, there was a stretch where he had eight over, you know, nine touchdowns in a five game span. He was actually on my, on, on that best ball team that I mentioned that I, I, I did pretty well in, um, you lose, you lose out on a guy like Tyler Algier. He ended up having one of the, the, the more quiet thousand yard seasons that I can remember, but he, he was, he had yeah, a strong Jesus. finish to the 2022 season mm-hmm. uh, for the Falcons. So you you lose out on guys like that um, in the later rounds that you can potentially you, you know that can propel you um, to the next to the next round and you know potential uh, high finishes um, in these in these uh, drafts. Yeah, if you're going to use dart throws at the end, you don't want to use them on tight ends because they have the lowest floor. I mean, you could walk the lowest there. floor. It, it's, I mean, they yeah. could absolutely sink your bottom of your roster. As the opposite is is true for running backs and receivers. You could get a guy that's like, ah, oh, he he's not going to do anything, and then two injuries later, by week nine, he's smashing for his team. Where tight end, you could literally piss away your last three or four picks if you just wait till the end. So you guys are saying, don't take him in the beginning. Don't wait on him till the very end. Pepper him in there in the middle and try to come away with, you know, I don't like that TJ Hawkinson uh, uh, disrespect team that you did because I love Hawkinson this year, but I do understand what you're saying. Fade kind of the early tight ends. Pepper in your Dallas Goddards, uh, what will your Pat Fryermuths, these guys who can pop give you spike weeks. Uh, I like that. I, I like that approach a whole lot. It's definitely gonna change the way I look at best ball. We're gonna we're gonna tackle uh one of my best ball drafts that I did with the two of you later on in the show. So stick around for that. And you might rip me up because I did kind of do some of the no-nos that we talked about, but I did uh, practice some uh, of the good stuff that we've talked about. Now we've talked about big picture strategy. We've talked about who, what positions. Now let's talk about some of the players. So, like, who are? What are some of the players you're targeting in, in the middle part of the drafts? Uh, J.K. Dobbins is by far my number mm-hmm. one player that I'm targeting mm-hmm. uh, in 2023. Uh, year second year removed from the ACL tear. That's that's usually the year where you you bet on these running backs, especially. Um, if you if you you know history if if history is any indicator, last year Saquon Barkley he was like one of my my number one player in all my in all my drafts all my you know redraft leagues, uh, all my best you know a lot of my best ball leagues. Mm-hmm. Uh, think back to Dalvin Cook in twenty uh, you know twenty nineteen he had his first breakout year you know, coming off of the ACL tear second year, 
Um, and then we, we, we know about Adrian Peterson, but J.K. Dobbins, um, even, la- even last year towards the end of the year, I mean, he still had he was still number two in juke rate and number three in breakaway run rate. So mm. and this is him just kind of getting back up to speed and ramping back up. But I think now he has a full offseason to get going. Um, he is like by far my number one uh, player. And then Jamison Williams is is uh, is Ooh. close is close behind J Mo close behind again him second year removed from an ACL tear. Uh, he's gonna he was just ramping up uh, for the Lions offense last year. Showed some explosive plays uh, towards the end of the season. So mm-hmm. he's 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 pretty going at a pretty good value. And then DeAndre Swift. Um, I'm I'm still I'm still team DeAndre yeah. Swift. Uh, I still believe. Uh, he's my guy. He's one of my guys. And then, you know, especially in best ball and, and underdog, you know, running backs, you know, half PPR, you know, they're more advantageous, especially a guy like that, that can, that can, you know, break the game open at any given you know moment in time. Uh, he's going in like the fifth or sixth round. I think right now he's like RB20 or RB21. His value is plummeting because of, you know, David Montgomery uh, signing there, but I, I still think he has a lot of value. And then, uh, and then just a couple more Cam Akers, Second, oh, second, makers, yep. second season post Achilles tear. Um, he uh, again, he was also on my squad that I that I had, uh, you know, did really well. He in was strong year. too last year, man. Had, wow. a lot of, yeah. had a lot of strong running backs that just clicked at the right time, right? So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Cam Akers and then Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson has a full offseason, um, uh, will have a full offseason under his belt. Uh, he was a little rusty last year. We did not see that that top five talent at all in 2022. But I think this year now he has he added Elijah Moore. Mm-hmm. Uh, or the Browns added Elijah Moore, my guy, another one of my guys. <laughs> um, and I'm going to be targeting a lot of Brown stacks. He also has Amari Cooper. Yeah, who showed that's my guy. Amari's my guy. Who continue to show he was a number one receiver d- despite all the all the haters uh, saying that he's not. So Deshaun Watson has you know Cooper, Peoples Jones, Elijah Moore to, um, to throw the ball to in a full off season. Uh, to get going. So I, I like a lot of those guys. The Browns, they keep telling us what they want to do. They give Deshaun Watson over $200 million guaranteed. They keep bringing in wide receivers. They want speed. They're not even done after Elijah Moore. They're still in on other receivers. They want to let him cook. I absolutely love that. One thing about DeAndre Swift I want to highlight before we get to your favorite targets here, Gene. He is a best ball. He's He's the Wolverine of best ball. He was tailor-made engineered in a lab for best ball two of his best weeks last year in week 17 where he had 27.7 fantasy points he had a 35.7 percent snap share and in week 13 he had 21.1 fantasy points he was running back four that week he only had a 51.4 percent snap share so for everyone who's panicking that david montgomery is going to be a volume guy he could absolutely be that but deandre swift is so electric you're gonna get those spike weeks and getting him fifth sixth seventh round as we see his adp fall man great practice love that call gene who are some of your targets here in the middle part of the draft I mean, it's funny. Me and I didn't even like discuss who we were gonna go after, like who we we're gonna talk about. And this dude named like half of them, at least. <laughs> you guys, you guys should start a podcast together. I think that would <laughs> seem like you would, you would you would link up well. I think you should guys do a show together. Maybe on Destination Devil oh, a great man. network. Maybe you should do that. They are, they are a great network. Maybe we should. I'll talk to you after yeah. the show. I, yeah. <laughs> my, my, my people will give it to people. My people yeah. give it to people. Yeah, you're exactly. people. Yeah, yeah. well, you should make this happen. I think we should make right. it happen. So my first one on my list was Deshaun Watson. Uh, again, this will be his his full, like his first really good full year of like knowing he's going to be playing 
any every any and every game that he doesn't get hurt in. Mm-hmm. Um, you add in Elijah Moore, another year on, uh, in this in the system. Uh, you get rid of. I mean, you got just Chubb in the backfield. You still got Njoku. Like I think he's set up to you know really flourish this year. And I've I've been every draft that I've that I've placed that I've had um, an opportunity to get him. I've gotten him. So that as my number one. So I've waited get him as my first running uh, mm-hmm. quarterback, and I feel good about it. Um, the next person you're gonna like Mac Jones. Very late Ooh, in, in best ball drafts. So the reason, so if I start out a draft and I go early on quarterback, mm-hmm. so like Mahomes or Allen, you don't need you don't need to go and get Cousins. You can wait. Like these guys yeah. don't get hurt. You know they're going to be producing at a high level. They're high. They're they're top of the chain in terms of quarterback warp, quarterback scoring. So you don't need to fill in a second quarterback in round ten. You can wait to round fourteen, round fifteen. Go dabble in some Mac Jones. You get uh. A, a year where you get Bill O'Brien, a, a great offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. You get where, whoever the trash was last year, Colin Plays. You get a, a real professional now. Let's get him back to how he was uh, his 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 rookie season. You added, uh, you know, Mike Isecki. I don't know what for whatever that's worth. He, he's athletic, just like John uh, John o. Smith. Um, I just think I think overall the setup is better for for Mac Jones to be a little bit better. And he he'll be in filling spots, you know, like when you have your bye weeks, he'll mm-hmm. I think he'll be able to produce very well. You got uh, your second year with Thornton, he'll be able to take out the top off the defenses if he stays fully healthy. Um you got Juju that's playing in the slot. I mean, they're interchangeable with Jacoby Myers. So for mm-hmm. me, I've been targeting Mac Jones late. If I started off one of my uh early with one of these very high end quarterbacks, I've been filling my roster with with Mac Jones. And I, I think he should be pretty good this year, honestly. Um, my next person, another running back that's going kind of late that I think people are sleeping on is uh, Samaj P. Ryan. You mm. can get him in like the 10th, 11th Great round. Um, mm-hmm. You haven't heard a peep about Javante Williams at all, which is really weird. So he, like, I mean, if you've listened to our, I think our last pod, Ike, where you talked about how he shredded every LCL in his knee. Mm. And yeah, every CL, not, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anything that up. keeps your knee yeah. like this is now like, his, yeah, it he, came. His yeah. Knee blew yep. up. You haven't his heard a word up. about about his rehab. So I feel like they're going to be leaning on Samaje pretty early in the season. If you saw, I mean, you can go down a list of running backs that after their first year after tearing their ACL, they're not really good. Like they've yeah. not, they don't perform. So Dobbins this is year. why, yeah, this yeah. is why, this is why they, cooking. yeah, this is why they brought in Samaj P. Ryan. We, he, we, everybody knows that he's a solid running back. Mm-hmm. I think early in the season, he's going to get an opportunity to take a lot of the, the snap share. So I, I, I want a piece of, I want a piece of him. So that's something I've been targeting. Another person, another running back It's funny that I like run, uh, wide receivers, but I keep talking about late round running backs. Mm-hmm. Um, Damian Harris, Oh, I know. I know. Love that. I know. La- I know. Last year he was ass. He didn't really do much. He was hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, Samaj took his. I mean, not Samaj. Ramondre took his spot. Didn't yeah. give. Took his chain and didn't give it back to him. <laughs> you know. So um, Damian gets to be the early running back, early down running back, goal line running back for the Bills. Somebody that they missed last year uh, when they had you know Devin Singletary and. You know whatever else they tried to, and they just used Josh Allen to, to run the ball, even though they didn't want him to run. He still ran the ball actually because they didn't trust anybody else. Now mm-hmm. you got some. Now you got a big hammer, somebody that's not doesn't go down easy, doesn't fumble. 
Um, so I believe that he'll be able to turn around this season and probably get over double digit touchdowns like he did in 2021. Um, and I mean, goes without saying one of the wide receivers I love so much early in, in drafts. If I get an early pick is uh, Stefan Diggs, man, just oh, as long as they keep it to as, me long, right as long as long as Diggs, Cooper. Oh, yeah. Hey. As long as long as they keep the wide receiver court kind of similar how it is now, he's He's gonna eat again, man. Like he's not even that. That's that's a dragon I gotta have in my in in, yes. in my in my chamber, man. So, um, one more one more person that I think that I, I want to talk about is Deontay Johnson, another wide receiver that's going in these like seventh eighth round. I know last year was kind of a bummer because he had hella no targets like every other year, but didn't no score not a, yeah. no touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, his his yards per catch or yards per attempt was really low because you know Kenny Pickett sucks. <laughs> um, but you know, it'd be another, it'll be small another hands. year. In the, small yeah, hands. Small hands. They have another year in the offense. Um, I pray that they do something about this offensive line, but I think I, regression has to turn in his favor in terms of scoring touchdowns. So that's somebody that I think people are sleeping on because he's a high target guy, just didn't score any touchdowns last year. And, you know, the re- touchdown regression is real. Let's think about Miles right. Sanders. I know it's a different yep. position, but it's a similar situation where yep. he had zero in 2021, has 11 in 2022. Now, will Deontay have 11 receiving touchdowns? No. But if that number pops up to six or seven, you, 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 that's some value there. Absolutely. I'd, I'd set the over-under, yeah, to like six and a half, seven and a half. Yeah, that's a, yeah. I think that's Eventually. a good mark. And I think given his, his ability to get catches in PPR formats, like that's absolutely something uh, you're going to want to target for some value. Here in the chat, we got Fantasy Football Garage. Is the sixth round too early to take DeAndre Swift in best ball? Nope, I don't think so. I don't think so either. I don't. Think I don't. So. Six, so, six round, like that's, that's, that's value right there, I, mm-hmm. in my opinion. So, so for my, I don't think it's too early, but it's interesting that he's going to sixth round and, and David Montgomery is going two rounds later to him. And we're all projecting that David Montgomery is probably going to be the first and second down back. And they're going to probably use Swift similar to they did last year where he gets some of that work. They'll use him in some of the third down uh, uh, areas also. And um, I just think that their ADP should probably be closer together. We'll probably see it once we get closer, we closer to the flip, draft. Yeah, right it'll, yeah, it'll, but, yeah they'll, they'll level out. And I think yeah. they'll go around the same range. You know, I think yeah. uh, uh, David Montgomery is currently R, or RB 25, 24, 25. Some, something like that. And yeah, then DeAndre Swift is like RB 20, RB 19. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's going to start like they're going to basically be close together to, I yeah. think, at the end of the summer. And you also have to factor in where we are on in the calendar. Yeah. You know, yeah. the sixth March. round of DeAndre Swift, he gets traded. You're looking at a first, second round guy. So, I mean, getting him in the sixth, seventh round, that's absolute value there, no doubt about it. We talked about some targets now. Ike, tell me about some plays you're absolutely fading in best ball, guys you just don't know part of. Uh, Well, this this first one's not going to shock you guys. Well, maybe not. Maybe Gene's probably not going to shock you, but I'm fading Brees Hall. Mm, I'm yep. fading Brees Hall. I, I don't hate that. I don't hate yep. that in best ball. I don't I, hate it I, at I, all. I, Love the talent, love the player, but you know we 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 talked about this ad, ad nauseum. First year coming back from the ACL tear, mm-hmm. he tore his ACL in what October, like late October. Yeah, no, yeah, November. Like so mm-hmm. I I don't I don't think he's going to be up to speed. I'm actually going to be targeting Michael Carter in later in in later rounds in best mm-hmm. ball because he's going to be ta- he's going to be getting a lot of a lot of work, a lot of carries. Hopefully, you know, early on. Uh, and he can give and again Michael Carter, another guy was on my team <laughs> that I had that was successful in best ball. It's crazy uh, when a guy performs and you get some money from that performance, you're like, 
I'm taking you every year, my friend. Yeah, but but, I mean, but this but this time, you know, it makes sense, right? I mean, he's he's yeah. he's you know while while they're ramping Brees Hall back up, I mean, Michael Carr is probably going to be the starter. Um, but another guy that I'm fading, and you know, Gene, you're going to like this one, Brian Robinson. Uh, I'm I'm fa- I am fading the shit out of him. He is <laughs> just a guy. We've talked about it on our pod. I don't I don't get why the you know the Washingtons. I'll never call them the Commanders. The Washingtons. Uh, like this guy so much. Um, yeah, I mean, he's, you know, his yards per touch, you know, 4.0, that's 53rd in the NFL. Breakaway and running rate, number 46 in the NFL. Uh, yards per created, yards created per touch, 47th in the NFL. Like, the, the guy is just not, he's not efficient when he touches the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's not, I mean, yards created, number 34 in the NFL. True yards per carry, number 56. And like, I can keep going. Um, and he's going in the RB twenty, like right around the same same range as as, as David Montgomery. No, S- stop mm-hmm. it. Just yeah. just stop it. Um, he's the those, definition of a volume clogger. Volume yeah. clogger, no spike week potential. And in, in best ball, you're looking for you know you're looking for upside. You're looking for spike weeks. And where is Brian Robinson going to give you spike weeks? I think people drafting him, you're just drafting a uh, you know just you know you're 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 begging to lose. I don't think any championship rosters. Or any you know w- winning rosters are going to have Brian Robinson on there. Can probably and, guarantee. I can. I can. I. I feel like that's a safe bet. Certainly a safe bet. That offense does not fire at the the rate it would have to to get a guy like that seventeen touchdowns. You know that's yeah. what we're looking at for him and have a true outliers here. Legarrette Blount, Jamal Williams type of season. I don't see that in the range of outcomes for the Washingtons. I'm going to use that from now on. I like Thank that you. a whole lot. Thank I just <laughs> I just picture like the powdered wig at the front of the boat, just like the Washingtons. Now, if you are allowed spike weeks in fantasy points for awesome walkouts after getting shot in the ass. That many men walk out was absolutely awesome. But if you don't get Fanny's points for that, I'm fading Brian Wilson. Love that as well. They don't they don't give no awards for that. No, I mean, nope. well, should you show your, your players that on your squad to get them fired up? Yeah, absolutely. Of course. Yeah, absolutely. That was pretty damn cool. It was cool. But it was cool. you ain't getting Brandy's points for that. So, Gene, some who are some guys you're fading? Guys you don't want on your best ball rosters. Um this is only at ADP. This isn't just fate, period. Like, I don't like them okay. at all. I don't like their price. I don't like Khalil Herbert where he's going compared to the Deontay Foreman because mm-hmm. I think Foreman's going 40 spots after Khalil. And I'm just like, I know a lot of people like Khalil Herbert. They like what he showed. Very efficient. He's always, he always hurt. They can't, they don't clearly they don't trust him to be the guy. Otherwise they wouldn't have brought in somebody that was another person. That's, you know, he's kind of a volume runner, but you can trust, you can trust him to take, mm-hmm. you know, take 15, 20 carries in Deontay Foreman. So spider-man meme basically yeah basically yeah basically I and they gave him money you know yeah they sometimes gave him the money. franchises tell us what they want to do by you know following their their money yeah yeah if they believed in him then they wouldn't have paid money for him they could have got somebody cheap in the draft so mm-hmm. i don't want cool herbert at the price that he's going right now um another i mean i've already talked about him already tj hawkinson i i I was. That's I had show, him. I, tune in next week, had, guys. No, so here's so here's the thing. Here's the thing. We know he's gonna. We know he's gonna produce. That was Cousins' guy when they brought him in. Mm-hmm. Right away, he produced. I just don't want to spend. You know, our early fourth round, end of the third for for uh, TJ. Man, it's I good. just. I can't. I can't do it. I can't do it. Uh, but I get it though. He's yeah. He he killed last year. I'm not gonna. I can't lie. I had him on a couple teams, and those teams took me pretty far in the playoffs, but. I can't I can't do it at the price that 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 he's going for. Um another person that this one hurts because I I like this player a lot. 
all his peripherals say that he's gonna smash. I just another person I can't do it as is, is Kyle Pitts, man. He mm. his his numbers like his target share, even though he didn't play that many snaps, his target share was thirty percent. Targets per route run was like over thirty percent. Like just elite numbers is just the quarterback, bro. Like I can't. Yeah, I'm gonna spend a fifth round pick. I'm gonna spend a fifth round pick when mm-hmm. he got uh, with uh, Ritter or or Tyler Heineke to throw the ball. <laughs> I mean. And then you got Arthur point. Smith on top of that. I can't. You already can't trust him. So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I can't. Do it, it, bro. It's it's pretty it's pretty risky to take Kyle Pitts. Um, you know, I, I but you know, just kind of like the other side of that. He was going in the third 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 round last year. He, he is was. going at a bit of a discount. He's going in the sixth now. So yeah, you're right. You're, you're right. Getting, you're you're getting a three round discount on a guy that just had thirty percent tar- target share and thirty percent targets per hour run last year in that offense mm-hmm. yeah so that i mean that would make a case for me to to target him but i i i get your trepidation i get why you wouldn't want to um, trepidation, it, great word by the way like great word <laughs> love that word good word but it's my lexicon on point man hey, damn lexicon you're gonna follow trepidation with lexicon and this is about to be the best <laughs> show ever. Uh, no but it's early so i could this could change by by the time we get you know, we get closer to the to the uh, to the regular season, and and uh, mm-hmm. you know things start leveling out. You get the 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 real ADP of these rookies where they're going, their landing spots. So just right now, I can't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and also the these running backs that are just strictly third down pass catchers, I don't want them on my teams at all. So people like Chase Edmonds, mm-hmm. uh, Jerk McKinnon, if he if and land where he lands, if he just uses a third down back and pass 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 catching back i don't want them because it's half point ppr and you're you're hoping that they get you know opportunities and they're going to become far in between nah bro like more times than not you're not going to get any production like even if they're on your roster i don't want to take a zero and most of the time those guys are not going to really produce anything to to even potentially make your your lineup so i'd rather just pass on those type of those builds of players I just want to say one thing about Pitts. We're actually going to talk more about the Pitts draft when we break down this 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 best ball roster that I just pulled up. Uh, but another thing I want to touch upon is those satellite backs. I think a lot of people get enamored with the PPR formats, and they're like, oh, this guy gets catches. It's cheap fantasy points. But yeah. they're not getting seven catches. We're talking about four, three. Yeah. We're yeah. still talking about touchdown-dependent guys if the volume's not there. Nope. Three catches for 30 yards – that's not jack shit if you don't if you don't get the volume. I mean, you're not yeah. you're still not getting a whole lot of value in PPR and then a half point PPR. Yeah, I agree. I think it, it, we've gotten to the point where, as a community, as a fantasy community, we've gotten a little bit too excited about these satellite guys. But even when you look at how it plays out, if there's no volume attached to the receiving or rushing, you're still looking at minimal fantasy points and you're still looking at that needing touchdown. So I think it's a great point to bring up. So that's going to wrap up the first segment, some of the big picture strategies in best ball. I hope each and every one of you listeners can take that, put it in your tool bag and start drafting some, some best ball teams and use those, those strategies to absolutely put yourself in advantage and give yourself a chance to take home some cash like Ike did last year. Now, boys, are you ready to break down my roster here in the second segment? Yeah, let's do it. Don't let's be do gentle. It. It's okay. You don't. You can if you hate certain things. You can absolutely say it. You don't have to be. Uh, you don't have to be cautious of my uh, my build here. So if you look at what I got going on, I started with Pat Mahomes. Okay, we talked about not going quarterback early. Well, I broke that right off the bat. But I did get David Montgomery and I did get DJ Moore. My man, 
Kyle Pitts is on this roster. So our, our man, our our guy, our, our, our guy. guy. That's true. Our guy, DJ Moore. So, Gene, what are your initial thoughts on this team build? Um, I mean, you got you got Patrick Mahomes, and then you just waited for for a quarterback later in the draft. So I respect that you waited for you know one of the guys that I've been in in rookie drafts that I've been you know targeting with my first or second pick, Anthony Richardson, and then you also got Will Levis. I mean, two probably you know. High ceiling, very, 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 very low floor, mm-hmm. depending on if and when they play. So I, I mean, I, I, I get it. I probably, I probably would have drafted one of these guys and got like a, a veteran, somebody like, not even a veteran, but maybe even somebody like, like I said, Mac Jones. Mm-hmm. Um, at waiting the end, so late, towards the end of the some kind of like the the end part of the middle. Yeah, so like no, so like in between like this, uh, the pick that where you got A. Rich and Will Levis. You could have got, you could get Mac Jones probably like two rounds earlier than mm-hmm. than Will Levis, and you would have been good. So, uh, but I don't, I mean, I don't mind it. Like again, Pat, Patrick Mahomes, he's not gonna get hurt. Like if he does, he's still gonna play. How many times have we seen him get hurt, and he still plays through a high ankle sprain when you're not even when nobody plays through a high yeah. ankle sprain? So, um, I, I I respect I respect what you did at the quarterback position. Uh, running backs, running backs is cool, you know. I see you, you had to plug in the New England guy. So I <laughs> and James Robinson. James Robinson is just one of my favorite players. I love James Robinson. I even has his card right here. <laughs> okay, I can respect. So it. I, I respect. I respect you doing that. Um, you know, they, I don't know what Devin Singletary is going to do. Um, for me, I've been fading rookies so far in my drafts, but I understand getting getting rookie running back late because that's usually when when rookie running backs turn up is the end of the season. So I respect it. Um, but I, I mean, I don't mind the running back room, man. You know, you got Najee, who's a volume, he's volume. He's mm-hmm. going to get all the touches in the backfield. So, um, and then AJ Dillon, AJ Dillon usually turns up late in the season also. Yep. So, I mean, I respect it. I, I, I don't mind the running back room. Okay. Tight end room. I like that. I like to hear this. Yeah. T- tight end room is cool. Like again, like somehow I'm fading is t- Kyle Pitts, but again, like this is right where he's getting drafted. And all the peripherals show that he, he's good, so I don't mind it. And then Pat Fryermute, somebody that that second half of the season did a lot of good work. You know, I know we talked about Deontay Johnson not really scoring any touchdowns, but Pat Fryermute, he was one of those guys that was scoring um, a lot of points towards the end of your season. So I, I like it. And then Jelani Woods, he he got hurt last year, didn't he? Towards yeah, the he, end of last year. Yeah, he had a couple touchdowns. He showed some promise. Uh, yeah, he but- did. What I want to say about Kyle Pitts, I kind of teased it a few minutes ago, because I took Pitts and because the uncertainty around his production in 2023, I felt obligated to pepper in a late tight end and somebody a little bit higher like Fryermuth to kind of yeah. give me a little bit of insurance. So yeah. I don't know how much I like that now in retrospect, having to use a, you know, almost a, a pick around 100. I had to actually reach according to ADP on Frymuth because I'm uncertain about Pitts. So, yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, we talked about it in the last segment and now you're seeing it in practice how Pitts can truly kind of screw your team build. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it makes sense why you double back with Pat Frymuth, somebody that's, you know, that's one of the, again, one of the probably top three passing uh, uh, options in a, in a, no, okay offense. So it may it makes sense for for Kyle Pitts that's you know a high high ass floor and you know a low ceiling as we saw last year. So I get it. I get it. Mm-hmm. In the wide receiver room, I see you started off with Amon Ra. Okay, somebody I like a lot. DJ Moore. You know the people's <laughs> champ. No, uh, Kadarius Tony. I want to like him because 
I, I know the Kansas City wide receiver room is very barren. I don't know what they're going to do about it, but it makes sense. This is this is definitely a high upside uh, because we've already seen them talk about reports that they're going to, you know, give him and more some more opportunities or whatnot. So it could potentially work out for you uh, here. I'm not sure if I would have took the chance on on Kadarius, but it makes sense. You you, you stack them with Mahomes, so it makes sense. Uh, Cortland Sutton, good pick. I like Cortland, even though. You keep hearing that they want to trade them, but they really don't. They just want to try to finesse somebody for a first round pick. They're not yeah, getting nobody's it. Go, nobody's going for those ask, that asking price. Yeah, I keep seeing that Judy is way more likely to be moved than Sutton. Yeah, and he's not even getting a first round pick from anybody. Mm. So yeah, I don't. Yeah. So, like, what are your uh, initial thoughts here on this roster? Yeah. So, starting at quarterback, I don't like the Mahomes pick at eleven because his yeah. you know, ADP is 19th. That seems like a, a huge reach. Um, there's value there. As you know, we talked about earlier in the show, there's probably Saquon Barkley. There's probably Jonathan Taylor uh, there. There's probably a really, a really, really good receiver there still available. I would have pivoted there and then maybe taken like a Justin Fields in round three to mm-hmm. pair him with DJ Moore. Um, that probably would have been my, my you, know, the, you know, the pivot that I would have gone. Okay, but based on how the roster turned out, I guess it's I guess it's fine. Uh, you were able to stack Mahomes with Tony. Don't take it lightly. If you don't like it, tell me. It's okay. It's fine. It's it's okay. I mean, there's potential. I would rather you say you hate it than say it's fine. Nah, <laughs> yeah, I don't hate it. But I my 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 personal opinion, I don't hate it. Uh, I would have preferred you know certain certain areas to be a little bit better. Right. Um, but like the Mahomes pick, I I, I flat out don't like that pick. But mm-hmm. based on how the rest of the roster turned out, I mean. Again, you you stacked him with Tony. Uh, the, the running back room is cool. Uh, Najee Harris gets a lot of volume. David Montgomery, we've talked about, he's going to be shooting up draft boards as the as offseason goes along. Um, but the, the the one wild card in your running back room that you really need to pay attention to, that we all need to pay attention to, is Antonio Gibson. Oh yeah, at pick yep. one thirty one, because I think he's in for a smash year. I think there. I think I think the the Washingtons probably took stock of what happened in the 2022 season mm-hmm. and maybe thought of how they can be more explosive and how can you be more explosive You give the most explosive guy on your team, the ball more, not Brian Robinson, who I just, you know, ran off of his metrics pretty yeah. pathetic <laughs> as a, as a running back. Yeah. So I think Antonio Gibson uh, in, in his final year uh, in, in, in Washington is, is, is going to have, it's going to have a pretty good year. So that that's, He's going this late in drafts, and he can definitely end up smashing. Definitely end up smashing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kyle Pitts going at basically going at ADP. You know, I'm I'm more so on the on the side of preferring Kyle Pitts there because again, you're you're still getting a three round discount versus what he was last year. Right. And he disappointed you greatly last year. So now you know a lot of a lot of um, you know a lot of fantasy managers are kind of scared off by you know the the Arthur Smith offense, and they should they should. We don't trust Arthur Smith. He you know he was he was giving you know Michael Pruitt. And and Parker Hesse, you know, routes over <laughs> yeah. over Kyle Pitts, and they brought year. in so, John, Johnu Smith, his, his and former, they, and they brought in uh, Johnu Smith, and they Red, took on and they, and they took on his terrible contract. His contract yep. is bad, it's bad, and they still took them on. So I, I hope that he's brought in as a blocker, but it wouldn't surprise me if he's running routes over Kyle Pitts too, based on yep. how Arthur Smith's tendencies. Um, but you know, you got our guy DJ Moore for Love for the it. brand. I got DJ for Moore brand, for the brand for the brand for the brand. <laughs> Um, and and Amon Ra at fourteen, uh, I'm kind of I'm I, I'm not really I'm not really feeling Amon Ra that high because uh, I, I like Jamison Williams uh, a couple rounds mm-hmm. later because that I think that's a better value and I think Jamison Williams is gonna smash, gonna smash. He's got a 99th percentile 40 yard dash and a 430. Like he is going yeah. to like he, he's 
if if there is a definition of a best ball receiver, I mean, it's 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 Jamison Williams. It's Jamison Williams. He's got a, he's got all the spike week potential. Mm-hmm. Mega producer at Alabama. Um, so I, I think he's I think he's going to smash uh, this year, and I would probably prefer another another guy at fourteen um, over Amaron St. Brown. But overall, the roster is fine. It's fine. <laughs> I you know I got to say too after I didn't really have a way to articulate my thoughts on this team after I drafted it. But after talking to you, I feel like I do have exactly what I need to say. I think it's worse than fine. I don't like this team. I don't like this build. And it started at the top. And it's, we, we talked about early in the show. Taking Mahomes here gave me no leverage throughout the entire draft. If you look at these players, where I took them, I had to reach on almost every single one of these picks. I continuously had to reach look at Kadarius Tony, almost 20 picks ahead of ADP. I had to take Amon Ra pretty much at ADP, but that's a whole lot of risks that I'm taking on because there's some new factors like JMO being there all season long. Taking Kyle Pitts at 62 made me kind of target Fryermuth around pick 100 when I still could have got a productive player at wide receiver or even running back. And then you look at even all of my running backs. I had to reach almost every single bit to make sure that I was protecting those positions. I was having enough production possibility in those positions because I took quarterback so early. And the fact of the matter is Anthony Richardson, he won't outscore Mahomes at all. But if he's on a team where they expect him to run a ton and he puts together, uh, I'm not saying Justin Fields 2022 exactly, but something in that ballpark, hell, I could have waited a whole bunch of rounds at quarterback, taken kind of a safe floor, Kirk Cousins, something of that nature, and then peppered in my Matthew Will Levis. Matthew Stafford. Exactly. Who's a, who's a, who's I could have taken something that was boring but safe and then peppered in those two rookies late and still got myself those spike week possibilities but instead i went with what i wanted to be a high ceiling high floor quarterback i wanted to pair him with kelsey missed out on that which led me to reaching on Kadarius tony by 20 picks so after doing you know i sent you guys a few rosters that i put together and i'm glad we talked about this one because i think this one has the most flaws in it i think this is the worst one i drafted and it's because i took Mahomes so early it, it does have the most flaws, but at the same time, there were ways to save this roster, um, especially like in the certain rounds, like, you know, the you know pick 35, pick 30, you know, round pick 35, 38. I would have probably preferred uh, you get fields instead of Mahomes. And then if you got right. if you, at, 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 at 11, you would have gotten Barkley, you would have gotten Jonathan Taylor, you would have started your team, you know, Jonathan Taylor, and then you would have had David Montgomery and then AJ. Dillon. And then, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's mm-hmm. ways no, to 100%. save it. And then, and then instead of like, you know, I, I honestly like I don't hate the, um, the the Anthony Richardson and Will Levis um, on the back end because they'll they're gonna play by like week five, right? Yeah. We see it every year. W- rookie w- rookie quarterbacks play um, pretty early, and if you saw Will Levis's pro day, I mean, he just absolutely like scorched it, right? He can chuck it, yeah, yeah, uh, he can chuck it. So he's probably gonna be the Colts pick at at three because they're gonna probably trade up with the Cardinals and they're gonna probably take Will lock Levis. him in. They're gonna lock him in. Anthony Richardson's probably a top ten pick. He's mm-hmm. going to play early wherever he goes, and he has probably the highest ceiling of any quarterback in the draft um, based on all of his physical, tool, physical tools. So he's going to be on the field pretty early. So you have a lot of you have a lot of upside with those guys, um, but to your point, probably would have had a, a safe floor guy and maybe you know left one of those rookies off, like a safe floor guy like you know Matthew Stafford, like I mentioned, who I think is that's another guy that I'm going to be targeting late in best ball draft mm. because you know he's got Cooper, a healthy Cooper Cup um potentially Allen Robinson if he stays and then you got you know Van Jefferson who's a good best ball receiver and then Tyler Higby so the you know that that offense is still 
you know, you know, two years removed from winning the Super Bowl. I mean, they're still there. Right. So uh, I think, you know, there's there's opportunity with Matthew Stafford. But outside of that, I mean, there's there's ways to save this roster. Um, just a couple of uh, picks here and there would have changed changed the dynamic. Yeah, I, I totally regret the quarterback early. And Cody Company, he's in the chat. He said, drafting upside with AR and Uncle Levy. Yeah, absolutely. But then I shouldn't have taken <laughs> Pat Mahomes that early. If I was if I was willing to take the upside at the end of the draft, I shouldn't have gone so uh, quarterback heavy at the top. And like I said, I was targeting the Kelsey Mahomes stack. I think I would have liked my team even less had I done yeah. that because now we're talking about pushing everything else back. I wouldn't have had a chance at Amon Ra or Harris or anything like that. So, yeah, so more of the story, one QB, absolutely do not get aggressive at quarterback or tight end. Pepper in those wide receivers, those running backs, and get those values in the middle part of the draft at QB and tight end. Gene, any last-minute thoughts on this roster uh, before we wrap up? Mm, nah, I mean, even at the end, like I didn't even notice like the – the Adam Thielen and the Chenault. I mean, I know Chenault's a Dallas guy. You know, he's a Dallas guy, but I think we we passed on him. But like, I mean, like y'all said before, I didn't even notice that Mahomes was was the first pick. I just looked at the players. Um, yeah, he was my yeah, first man. pick off the board at eleven. Yeah, um, it, yeah, like you said, it's okay. You know, you could have could have did some things different, but again, it's best ball, man. That's why you can you, you can. You can make about 30, 40 of these before before the season starts and you'd be good. You know, just this is kind of, uh, you know, a portfolio approach, approach in terms of, you know, doing these type of tournaments. So you live and you learn. Thank you. Yep. And guys, can you still be my friends even though I drafted a terrible best ball team? Of course. Of course. Everybody, everybody's course. done it. <laughs> I, got a, I got a couple of terrible best ball teams too. So, yeah. <laughs> like, any last minute thoughts do. on this roster? No. Um, I mean, I, I mean, that's basically it. Um, I, you know, again, the Antonio Gibson, man, I, I, I feel like that's that's going to be, uh, you know, uh, it's going to end up being a pretty good value pick, even though it, it seems like it's a reach based on ADP. Um, him going that late, I'm, I would imagine he's going to be moving up the draft, up, up the draft boards, um, throughout the offseason, throughout the summer, because um, mm. I don't, I don't really see that, you know, that pick one thirty one range holding, um, as much as it is. So yeah, I, I, I like, I really like the Antonio Gibson pick, but. Again, my, my thoughts are the same on the quarterback. You know, probably could have gone somewhere else early. Um, and then just a couple of flips here and there with other players would have saved this roster um, from being from being just fine to pretty damn good and potentially competing. And I also like the fact that you uh, started saying uh, that we all do it. And you make me feel better about myself that we all have these moments of uh, or, or a lapse of judgment in terms of these best ball drafts. But it's okay. You know, we, I'll, I'll learn from you guys. I'm going to take this episode to heart and absolutely try to come back, uh, you know, and, and get some other drafts put together. And then I'll come back to you and I'll present some better teams to you guys uh, <laughs> down the road so we can make sure that, you know, it, not all was lost on this horrible, horrible team. So that's going to wrap up episode 28. Ike, Gene, please tell all the listeners where they can find you on social, where they can find your content and all that good stuff. You can find me on Twitter at Fantasy Jeans. That's G-E-N-E-S. You can follow our official Twitter handle off the line FF. You know, you can funny. We're funny. You know, we, we always posting something about awesome. Dallas or just anything wild that we see. We we're posting something. So I think we're a good follow. Uh, also, if you follow either one of our pages, you'll be able to see our un underdog promote uh, promo link. Since we're under Destination Devi, we're we're uh, being sponsored by by Underdog this uh, coming season. So if you're not 
signed up with Underdog, you can sign up using our promo code OTLFF. You know, if anybody that signs up gets a, you get matched up to a hundred dollars. So if you put in a hundred, you'll get a hundred back in your in your account. And if you deposit at least ten, you'll get into the Destination Devi Discord. You'll you'll see some of these Underdog uh, builds that everybody's doing, some of the strategies that we're trying to implement. So you know, just a lot of good value for you know signing up under uh using our promo code you're lucky i love eugene using your promo codes on my show <laughs> hey that's fine that's fine it's all fair game hey it's okay i appreciate make sure that you support, I'm, make sure you support you guys you, you guys do great off. stuff no i'm no. surprised hey, you didn't cut them off <laughs> Maybe yeah, i appreciate find, it yeah you can find me on twitter at just underscore ico nine and you know everything uh gene said i echo so um we're you took the words out of my mouth no, make sure you guys check this out. Matter of fact, that's going to be your homework assignment. I like to give homework assignments here in the game plan. That is going to be the homework assignment. Check out the Off the Line Fantasy Football Podcast because you guys are awesome. I was a fan before I ever worked with you, collabed with you, or met you in person. So make sure you check out the Off the Line Fantasy Football Podcast on the Destination Devi Network. And you can find me. I'm at Matty Kiwoom on Twitter. Please make sure you smash that like button on this video and follow the Player Profiler YouTube channel. Uh, go ahead and follow our Player Profiler TikTok accounts at Player Profiler and Profiler underscore NFL. And if you love fantasy football, be sure to join the Player Profiler Discord because we got me, Cody, a whole bunch of members from the underworld talking fantasy football 24-7. Check out the Trade Gods. Check out the Player Lounge with my man Cody Carpentier. Everybody that's listening, thank you for tuning in. Ike, Gene, thank you so much for coming to hang out with me for an hour and talk a little best ball. So keep game planning, my friends, and I will see you next week. Peace.